Welcome back to the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast. The Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast is your podcast source for news and discussion of the meetings and events industry. Each week, we bring you stories of new technologies, new ideas, and new directions that will directly affect all of us in the meetings and events industry. I'm your host, John Trask. I'm a CMP, a CMM, and I'm a 30-year veteran of both the audiovisual and meetings and events industry. And welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're here with Patrick Delaney. Uh, Patrick is from Sulnua in Dublin, Ireland. But Patrick is also being honored this year by the Convention Industry Council Hall of Leaders. And so we're talking with him a little bit about what's brought him to that point and uh, looking forward to the future. So welcome to the show, Patrick. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Nice to talk to you. Oh, it's great to talk to you, and I appreciate you uh, taking time to uh, connect in with us from uh, from Ireland there. How how are things in Ireland these days? How's the weather today? Well, the weather, John, is is wonderful. And as I as I describe the weather, it's uh, it's it's a hundred degrees. It's not, in fact, it's eighty. It's forty in the morning and forty in the afternoon. It's overcast. It's raining, but the rain is really good for you in Ireland. It's very soft, so it's a typical Irish summer day where we've had sun, we've had uh, twenty-two degrees and of heat, and we've had rain and we've had um, a little bit of wind. And it's now overcast, and by the end of the evening, it'll be sunny again. So, <laughs> weather is 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 like life. Um, it keeps it keeps me awake. You never get bored with the weather in Ireland. There, there was a song called Four Seasons in One Day." That makes me think of. Uh... That sounds like you've got a little bit of everything going on. A bit of everything, but that's why we're so green. So we're, we're, we're I think we've, we've, we're well and truly accommodating with the weather here. So now Sulnua, you started a few years ago, but it's not uh, by any means your first company. Um, when I was reading a little bit of your background, you started uh, Delaney Marketing in 1994, and then you went over to Ovation, and then Ovation Global DMC. So you've been uh, working in, in the industry for some time. Um, why don't you, before we dive into maybe some of the future, talk a little bit about the history of and some of the uh, some of the things that you've done in your career? Well, John, I think my career is um, speckled. Um, uh, I think is the is the nice way of putting it, and and probably like a lot of people who have, who are fortunate enough to work in in our sector, in the meetings and events sector, um, I had no intention of ever starting off to to go there. My background is in hotel management, um, and I worked for various hotel chains, both in Ireland and in Canada, CP Hotels, and eventually found myself back in Ireland and working in in that illustrious position as a hotel inspector. Loved and despised in equal measure by anybody who came across us. Um, and at a certain stage, uh, uh, my my boss-to-be, uh, a gentleman called Donald McSullivan, uh, came across and said, um, we're looking for somebody to do marketing um, and sales in the United States. And um, I was approached by my existing boss who said, uh, you should go for that job. And I said, well, I, I know nothing about marketing. I know nothing about sales. My, my, my role is operations and I'm really happy and I'm just married. And my then boss said to me, well, don't worry. The job has gone to someone else. So you're really just making up the numbers. <laughs> and of course, when you go for an interview like that, um, you, you're very relaxed and, and fortunate for me. I got the job. I had to then go back to my wife and say, by the way, we're now going to move to the United States. I had the, the real pleasure of, of being stationed, uh, went to work for the Irish Tourist Board. 
uh, to open their office in St. Louis. Mm. And there were three people, John, that came, went, were, 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 were um, brought to the United States by the Irish Tourist Board. One to Washington, and everybody said, wow, Washington, the powerhouse of the United States. And one went to, uh, one was going to be stationed in LA. Of course, you had um, Hollywood. And then they used, introduced me saying, and you are going to St. Louis. <laughs> and uh, and the people laughed, and I thought, oh my God, what an awful place this is. But in fact, St. Louis, as I understood by living there, is a fantastic city, a great meetings destination, so friendly, so efficient, and a great introduction to the United States. And I spent, uh, I unfortunately, only a year there, and then moved to uh, New York, where I spent 11 years, eventually ending up running the um, Irish Tourist Board in North America. So, very good introduction. Uh, returned to Ireland to set up a music festival. I know you're a great Glastonbury fa fan. Yes. Uh, I set up a music festival in Ireland uh, and it was uh, uh, an interesting experience. I knew very little about that business, but I, I learned quickly, a very unique business, and uh, successfully ran that festival for three years and tried to buy the festival at the end of the period when uh, the uh, original owner of the festival decided he didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't raise the money, and uh, then ended up creating a DMC, um, which the first company that you mentioned was called Delaney Marketing Consultants. And John, you're very you're very smart because you have facial hair, same as myself. <laughs> EMC is an acronym for Delaney Marketing Consultants, except no one ever got that except me and the person in the pub that I uh, thought about it in. <laughs> and uh, we changed to Delaney Marketing, uh, joined by my current business partner and my then business partner, Porrick Gilligan, and a great friend. And between us, we grew our company, uh, which migrated from Delaney Marketing into Ovation, Ovation Group, which eventually we merged with MCI, another great company. Um, so we went from being 60 people in Ireland, a decision to either grow even bigger or get smaller because we were, as I described us, the one-eyed beggar in the land of the blind. We'd become too big or too small and joined with this international company based in Switzerland and then spent seven years and uh, was delighted to, to help grow that company from 200 to 3,000 people. So wow. it's been a, a very good um, business uh, journey. Uh, and then two years ago, we decided, well, enough of being on the road and maybe we'd like to set up a smaller company again and so we formed soon newer wow that's uh you know i'm, I'm always fascinated by uh the people within our industry who've, who've been around for a while just the the breadth and uh and interesting directions that people's careers have taken it's it's never a very linear sort of business it seems like no one ever starts out and goes straight down any path uh just anybody that i've run into uh who's who's stuck around for any length of time seems to have such a such a wide variance of places and things they've done yeah and i think i think that's one of the um great attributes and you say you know i'm i'm so proud by the way to be uh inducted into the hall of leaders and to be associated with you know such 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 wonderful characters like Carl Krugman or Joan or Colleen or in the past Faye Sheen, Ray Bloom, Jane Schultz, all of these people, if you notice certainly that the one characteristic is they're all entrepreneurial, they're very open to new opportunities mm -hmm. and they've all had ups and downs and I think that's the that's what makes our industry so interesting and the people in it 
you know, they are definitely not linear. They're definitely not one-dimensional. They're people who have faced adversity and have reinvented themselves, have been very successful, have been unsuccessful, and then been re-successful again. So I, I think we're very lucky. I, I feel myself very privileged to, to know and to be present in, in an industry where you've got such a diverse group of people. And, and I, as well, I, I, many of the names you mentioned, uh, Joan and Carol, I've just spoken to recently here on the podcast, and, and they're just, uh, they're fascinating people to be able to spend time with. And there's so much knowledge that comes, uh, comes out of them from, as you say, the, the varied careers, the, the gains and losses and the, uh, the challenges that people have gone through. And uh, so it's, it's exciting for me to be involved in this. And again, while Hall of Leaders is about sort of recognizing past work, um, I've found that most of the honorees I've spoken to, they don't rest on their laurels. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, what's exciting to you about the industry and, and what do you want to do moving forward? What's your, your next goal on the horizon? Well, I'm glad you focused on the future because one of the downsides of, of being recognized and, and I've been fortunate enough to be recognized in this case and not in previous cases is is the illusion that you are, in fact, um, hanging up your boots, as we'd say <laughs> in, in, in Gaelic football, uh, rather than just, re, re I suppose, refocusing and uh, on, on what you can bring. Um, all of the people that you mentioned are, are, as I like to call them, fully developed personalities. And I am I'm certainly one of those as well. And you can read that in, in, in whatever way you want to. But the, the, the name that we chose for the new company, um, Sul Nua, I think gives, hopefully, um, when I explain it, will give you a little indication of, of what, we're, what we would like to do and I would like to do in particular myself. Um, Sul is the Gaelic word for uh, I and Nu. Uh, Nua is is the um, uh, word for new, so it's new eye, and I suppose having been around for uh, the over mm, certainly nearly thirty years now, a little bit more if I was honest, um, I have made a ton of mistakes. I have absolutely, I mean, the, the legendary. I, I some of my best work <laughs> have have come from of the screw ups that I've made, um, and I am absolutely passionate also about letting people know about the absolutely privilege of being involved in this market segment that we're involved in and in sharing that knowledge, not in a, uh, a talking headway, but in sharing that knowledge so that people don't make the same mistakes as we made. So when I go in and pitch for Sulnua, by the way, Sulnua, the kind of services that our company provides, you know, their marketing strategy or training, they usually come in, in, in one of those buckets. And the pitch is always, look, I've made that mistake in that area. Maybe I can share that mistake. Not so much that we can apply exactly the same uh, circumstances to the issue that you're faced, but certainly the core principles are are the same. And 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 hopefully you won't you won't make the same mistakes, and you'll get to a, a result quicker. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. No, I was just I was relating that to something. I, I do a lot of work in the technology area. That's been my my area and I've had a, a similar discussion with people and it just sparked something in my mind about the when I talk to people about the people that I want to bring in oftentimes they're much more experienced and maybe there's some costs involved in that but if I'm bringing in a lighting director 
who's also lit the band Rush or is out on the road with the cult, they've, they've made all of those mistakes over the breadth of their career, and they're going to come in and do this phenomenal work uh, because of that experience and that history that they've got that they can pull from. And it's worth that little bit of extra over somebody who's maybe a little less experienced to, to be able to leverage that knowledge that you can, uh, that you can bring in, just like your knowledge of the, uh, the history that you have with your company. Well, I think it's knowledge, John, and it's also attitude. And I think it's that attitude, and it's a great example of what I love the technology uh, uh, business because they iterate and reiterate, and they, you know, they go to market, but they also understand that perfection is never achieved. Mm-hmm. You've got to get something out there and then work on it. In a, uh, so you have to have a humble attitude, and you've got to be very customer-focused. You've got to have the, the speed in which the technology uh, market has sold us. So I think in the old days, uh, uh, my good partner um, Roger Tonder from the MCI days always spoke about having something as uh, faster um, cheaper <laughs> or better and you couldn't have all three um, so you needed to have some combination so I, I, I genuinely believe that that's the, that's the real asset that people um, that you've mentioned in uh, Joan and, and Carol and people like that bring is, is they have an attitude of curiosity an attitude of humility and an attitude also of pragmatic implementation which is really really very compelling and can amplify any project to success and i couldn't agree more i and i see uh, i see that in those folks from from what i know and i see that in many of the successful people in our industry and and uh, you know i i've done some work in the past with someone like imex america and you know there's there's somebody who looked at the way we were doing things and just said, well, here's, here's another way to do it. I'm going to bring all this information and and experience and background together, and I'm going to take it down this road. And I mean, it's been a phenomenally successful show uh, here in our country. And I think you've done some work with IMAX as well. I believe I read in on your website. Yeah. I'm really, really proud to have worked with, to, to work and currently with Ray and and Corinne. And, you know, w- one great story about Ray, and I, I know Ray a long time, um, is, you know, Ray, it was exactly Ray's vision and, and Paul Flackett to come up with the, that hosted, the hosted buyer concept and to, to, uh, to fine-tune it. But at the end of every show, when at the when at Vegas at the end of the show, and and the same situation happens in um, Frankfurt, Ray and Corinne, you know the owners and Paul, they're at they're at the door, you know, mm-hmm. then at the door saying goodbye and thank you to their customers. To me, that sense of humility, that sense of we're going to get this. This was successful. We're going to get it even more successful. And a personal commitment. My skin is in the fire. I want this to work for you. Um, I think is it a wonderful? It's it's a great attitude to have, and it's one that you know. I if you ask me what I'd love to uh, do in the, in the future, I'd love to maintain that attitude myself. I'd love to reach it, and then I'd love to share it with other people. I think it's a it's it's absolute key to success. Well, and that that sort of uh, leads me to uh, to the next thing. You've you've had a history of helping to shape 
within the industry by serving on numerous boards and working with associations and groups. And we talked before we started the recording about volunteerism and service. And even the CIC is sort of an organization that I know a lot of people give their time and their expertise to through things like Apex. So um, I just I wanted to maybe talk to that aspect of uh, of how you approach the industry and the the idea of uh, giving back. I'm giving back, and I'm absolutely passionate about this, John, because I have gotten so much. You know, if if I look at the leaders of of a lot of those organisations, and I'm I'm an unusual in one sense, insofar as I've been extremely committed and involved with site over the years, and was president of uh, the first international president, the first president based outside of North America. I was president of the foundation, and was active in MPI, very active. Uh, had the pleasure of being involved with Deb Sexton and PCMA, um, with Martin Sirk in Nirka. So I have probably unusually been involved in the meeting side, the incentive side, and the conference side. And the characteristic that I, I find with the leadership, the, the good leadership in all of those organizations, is the willingness to share. And certainly, you get as much and more out of what you put into those organizations. My personal development, my business development, learning how to go from being a leader in a, a, a large organization and then running my own company, my, my business um, um, skills were always improved by mentorship, by being around people like Faber Sheen, Jen Schultz, taught me so much how to run my business better, how to be a better better leader within my own business. But then the learning of when you have to operate on in a large association where there is no commercial gain, there should be no commercial gain for the individuals. It's all about a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that emphasis on, on the why, on understanding why an organization exists, what's its purpose, and its purpose is bigger than you or any one person. And I think that's a huge lesson that I learned, and I'm continuing to learn it, and I really appreciate um, uh, that lesson is, is central to everything I do, is that if you know the why, you can, in fact, achieve any goal that you set. And if that why has a higher purpose, not just a commercial gain, but has a purpose which involves you connecting inside and not only your organization, but the bigger organization. So your responsibility to the wider community um, in your local area, but also the wider community for us in our business, which of course is the wider community of the world. That sounds very altruistic. It's not. It's so enriching. Do you uh, do you think that new folks? Uh, everybody talks a lot about millennials. You know, there's always a millennial session at, at industry events. Do you think that folks who are entering the industry now understand the history and 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 have that background um, to to appreciate what people have done going before? And, and is that you? Is that a useful skill to teach? Joan and I were talking when I I talked with her about finding a way to mentor people and finding a way to kind of teach them about where some of these organizations came from and why they exist. I'm I'm a I'm a huge believer in history. I think one of the sad things I know for our own education system and many education his, uh, systems is they pass over the significance of history. Um, because history does repeat itself and you do need to learn from it. And uh, there's a great poem um by a wonderful um poet laureate of Ireland and Nobel Prize winner called William Butler Yeats called The Lake Isle of Inishfree. And in that poem if I can remember the words um exactly 
um, he, 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 has a, he has a line which says, and I shall have some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the veils of the morning to where the cricket sings. And to me, that reminds me of how history should be passed on of an organization, not from a, you know, a heaviness, but just mm-hmm. drops the opportunity to spend time with people who know more than you do. Mm-hmm. And that you can learn from them in a slow in, in a slow but very very real way. I think sometimes history can be seen as a as a way of keeping the new people in line, as if they don't know. Uh, they know as much as we do. They just know it in a different way. I think the only disadvantage millennials have, and I am absolutely in awe of the confidence, the skills, the knowledge millennials have. Sometimes, just the way we've grown up in in, in today's technological world, the ability to connect. Not the desire to connect, because the desire is there. It's a human need. It's a human. Uh, it's a human right. Um, the the desire to connect is there, but the ability to connect and how to connect and how to share and how to be vulnerable, particularly when you're younger, you're always certainly. I always wanted to, to prove that I was smarter than everybody else, which of course is stupid. You know, you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to always get it right. You just need to want to improve. And I think that's where, in, in terms of history and, and mentorship, if we, can, if we can share that little lesson, then certainly there is absolutely the same level and, and, uh, of, of commitment to, to change for good among millennials as there ever was with any, any of the older groups. I don't believe that it stopped at some, some stage during the 80s or 90s. Well, and I would I would have to agree as well. I mean, I've had some uh, some wonderful interactions working with folks, and one of the things people always fall back on, I hear about you know social media or, or being connected electronically. I I think that that's really just a gateway because what we do for a living, and and I I always talk about this on the podcast and in person with people, but we, we bring people together face to face. And that's really what our whole industry is, is supposed to be about. It's about connections and it's about putting people in a room where wonderful things happen. And so people talk about social media, but to me, that's always just been a doorway to other relationships and to meeting people in person. And I've, I've always felt that if you can use that as a jumping off point, it gets you connected to people in advance. You're not cold calling them, so to speak, at a conference. But I've talked to people at conferences who I've known uh, through social media for years before I've ever met them face-to-face. And there's still a component of that face-to-face part that's important. Oh, absolutely. And what a privilege when you think about it. What, and, and it's a great, you know, when, when people gather, magic happens, we used to say in MCI, but it's when you think about what we do, we bring smart people from different parts of the world. You know, think about a conference, how you can bring that knowledge. You can advance science. You can change um, diseases, can be cured. You can have businesses which can be formed, business which can be improved. And we're the ones that provide that environment. We are so privileged. And also, so we have a very powerful tool. And you're right, if we use that tool in a way... Um, i.e. The, the live event, if we use it in a way which technology absolutely can enhance and also it helps you continue on the conversation beyond the conference, beyond the meeting, beyond the incentive. So we can grow our companies, we can grow that science, we can grow the exchange. 
that makes a completely different proposition to when you say to somebody, what do you do? I organize a meeting. No, I change the world because I bring people together. I bring people who want to change the world together, who can bring science, who exchange ideas. That's, that gives me a purpose. That gets me up. That gets me excited. And I don't believe there's anybody, young or old, who when you position what the skills required that we can bring in the meetings and events business then that's a that's a great career that's a that's a career with purpose and when the purpose is of a higher nature then you really get motivated john i just realized i'm getting very excited here this is ridiculous <laughs> these are long sentences no that that's that's the uh, that's the point of this it's to to share this philosophy and this idea because someone to me doesn't reach the honor of being inducted into the hall of leaders without having some amazing information to share with the world and and this is you know to me it's always been a small platform to give voice to that to allow you to uh, to speak and and us to have a great conversation i feel incredibly lucky that i'm able to sit down and talk with folks and like yourself, you're you're in Ireland. We're talking via Skype to record this, and and it just it fascinates me. This is the way you can use technology, that's so powerful and so cool to me. Absolutely, and 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 you know we do a lot of work with destinations now, and um, you know how how do you get the authentic experience of a destination? How do you make that available? to the potential visitor who's coming to your your um your destination and you know those social media platforms the digital platforms it, it's an extraordinary revolution that we're having uh, and i think if it's always seen in the context of ultimately it's human connection if they're all enablers um it's just a great time to be in this business because there's a lot of changes and a lot of positive changes in fact i think at the moment the, ch the challenge is how to manage the success because many destinations are just uh, becoming under pressure mm -hmm. um, um for how to how to integrate those visitors who come to your destination with the local population and make sure the benefits for both are very clearly seen you know, that, that, uh, that brings me to, we are such a global industry now, and, and yet uh, there are some challenges and, and things going on in the world. Uh, certainly in the U.S., we've, we've had our issues with, like, government regulation and people not wanting to meet in a resort or things like that. And you've got nationalism and Brexit and terrorism and these things that are affecting the world. How do you see those challenges being handled do, do you see our industry having a role in fixing any of that oh absolutely um and you know something um they are all very real and very tangible challenges that we have but you know what i know coming from my own small destination of ireland we had our own terrorism our own difficulties and there is light at the end of the tunnel you know when you think about the 90s and you think about you know the the kind of hijackings and lots of other terrorist activities that is in no way demeaning the awfulness of what's happening you know in 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 wonderful destinations from turkey to to nice uh to brussels um but they will come and pass and they'll come to the and and we will find a solution because we'll find a solution because people will get together and they will discuss how to find a solution and that's one of the things we do we allow people to come together again it's the same point also when people travel and go to different destinations you will find as i find that you know i will always just say there are only two people two types of people in the world those who are irish and those who'd like to be irish <laughs> well of course 
that comes from Americans. Uh, it's a joke, but of course they're not. There's only one type of person in the world, and we are all the same. We just have different cultural norms. We have different ways of expressing ourselves. But you know what? I've never met somebody that I, if when I spend time with, the vast majority of people, I say, wow, now that I understand where you're coming from, I can see why you've acted in that way. And if I can get that dialogue going, then a lot of the so-called problems and barriers melt because people are people and human connection, that power of, of, of genuine connection can solve a lot of these issues. So yes, there is Brexit and that's a very definite issue for us in, in Europe. Um, but I think there, there, the, 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 the bigger picture is yes, people are connecting more and more, as you rightly said, through social media. They're connecting and visiting different destinations. And when people meet and connect with each other, then you will find a solution because we'll get to know each other better. I couldn't agree more. And, and I think that that's really maybe the, the, the way forward, the path that can lead us through some of the, uh, the current challenges we have because there have always been challenges. But now we have these wonderful ways to connect and wonderful ways to open up conversation. And as long as we keep doing that, I think we'll keep moving uh, and finding solutions, as you say. Yeah. So, and it's hard to believe that, John. I mean, I, I, it sounds, uh, you know, it sounds a little bit, um, uh, I don't want it to sound as if it doesn't require effort. I think that's the big thing that has to go along with any of these visions. It's bloody difficult. Right. It's difficult to start again and again and again. But, you know, it's been done before. That's the part, part of history. It'll be done again if we make the effort. So having the ideas, having those nice aspirations also has to has to be matched with um with the uh with with the ability to to be committed and to be consistent and to keep on trying and i think that's one of the great things going back to what do associations and global associations help you they help you expose you to that reality that the all of the richness that other people can bring well i uh, i'm just so uh, thankful and, and appreciative that you've uh, been able to take time and, and chat with me today and uh, and talk a little bit about the Hall of Leaders and, and uh, some of your plans and ideas and directions that you're headed for in the future. Will you be in uh, Las Vegas at the uh, at the ceremony? Absolutely, and we will toast. Yes. Toast. And very appreciative again of, of being inducted. It's a great honor, and I, I'm one which I... I I don't. I I genuinely was was um, taken aback for words, which is something that doesn't normally happen when I I heard the news. Um, I'm so so proud to be uh, inducted this year with such eminent people, but also for those who have gone before me. But I can tell you, it's due to a lot of other people. It's due to the, you know the support I've received from my family, from my business partner Porik Gilligan, from all of those leaders I've learned from. So I I take the honor in the spirit that it's given, but knowing that it's deserved to go, I represent a lot of people rather than just myself. Well, it's well-deserved, and uh, and I look forward to uh, to checking back in with you 30 years from now and, and seeing what the next 30 <laughs> years have brought. <laughs> I'm going to have facial hair. I hope you do as well. I've been waiting all this time for beards to come in to be in fashion. I'm not going to change now, so we've got to keep on to it. Well, I look forward to seeing you in Las Vegas. Thank you again Thank for you, being John. on the podcast. Thanks a million. Look forward to that. Thank you again. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.
This has been the Strategic Meeting Tech Podcast, your podcast source for news and discussions of the meetings and events industry. You can find out more about Strategic Meeting Tech at our website, www.strategicmeetingtech.com. There you'll find resources and information about how we help planners to create better audiovisual and technology outcomes at their events. Our music is provided by Steph Sachs, under license from the Creative Commons, and you can find out more information and links to the artists there on our website as well. Please send any comments or show suggestions to John, J-O-M, at strategicmeetingtech.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.